0: Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. I know you can't believe it. No one has ever asked me to be a godmother. Hi and welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media from our shared childhood. My name is Amy. I'm a proud Gen Xer, born in 1977. And I'm her sister Jenny, born in 1974. Gem, my birthday's this weekend. Oh, that's right. Shit. By the time oh, these shit. guys hear it, it'll be like a week past. That's true. Yeah. But, you know, it is my birthday. So, I have something I want to ask you. I'm calling uh- this mini-segment, um, Correcting History. <laughs> no. Oh, we're going to be busy in this mini-segment. <laughs> So, mom told me the other day, I'm having difficulties with my kids fighting all the time. I'm already not trusting the source. Mom told me that the worst you and I ever fought was when I was at Penn State and you were at Syracuse. No, absolutely not true. She claims that we were fighting all the time. I'm like, what would we fight about? We didn't live together. Oh, we were definitely fighting somewhat then. But what would we, Jenny, what would we fight about? what do we fight about now? The dumbest shit ever. Like we don't fight about anything now. No, but she thinks that's the worst we fought. No. I don't know if she thinks it's the worst, but she's like, I remember you and Jenny driving me absolutely crazy because I'd be getting all the phone calls that you guys know. were fighting when you were away at college. I'm like, what would we have to fight about? We weren't I even no living together. I don't know. I who knows? But I remember <laughs> when we like we hated each other for years. Of course we did. <laughs> of course. <laughs> And I remember that vividly. No, I feel like to be fair, I feel like mom and dad were like in the middle of like the ascent into divorce at those times. And I feel like maybe that was putting some kind of stress on all of us. Like it had to be related to that. It had to be related to, we usually fought over a perception of I was being slighted. We always have a perception of I was not giving you enough attention. (laughs) So how was I being slighted? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that sounds right. And like I was at school taking twenty one (laughs) credits. Like, yeah, yeah, but I was at Penn State and doing my own thing. That's why I don't understand what we would have been fighting over. You were going to school for writing, so um, as opposed to the rigorous major of um, fucking ceramics. I, okay, first of all, that's not when my major was ceramics. It was for a while. I had a minor in philosophy, which is some hard shit. Whatever. I had, I was reading novels and interpreting literature. Wow. But did you have to make a logical argument like every day for like five days a week? I had to read the entire canon of like British literature before 1796. That sounds really boring. Yeah. Like, you would just be bored yeah. all the time. It was yeah. really so boring. Then you were probably, like, terrorizing <laughs> me because <laughs> you were bored all the time. Jenny, whatever. Um, by the time this drops, everyone will have heard Amy's Variety Hour. I hope you enjoyed it. Released on my birthday. I was very excited about it. Hopefully, there will be another one coming soon. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not committing to anything. <laughs> okay. Not committing. All right, Jenny. So let's just, let's get, let's talk about The Elephant in the Room. What's The Elephant in the Room? Who is this imposter family? Oh, God. <laughs> I thought you, I thought we were still on, like, our history. No. <laughs> so, like, we're talking about Little House on the Prairie Season 8, Episode 18, A Promise to Keep, featuring a fake Grace Edwards, a fake Carl's Jr. And let me just tell you, they couldn't even... They could not replicate what they had in Carlos Jr. They, made, no. they gave him some wimpy makeover. So I had a rough week <laughs> for a lot of reasons. <laughs> and yesterday I get home from, my, from working out and, you know, I was really tired. I didn't sleep well the night before. I get home. I'm like, you know, gonna, it's a lovely fall night. I have my windows open. I'm nestling in to watch some Little House. Very excited because it's like kind of early and it's like a normal night. Mm-mm. And I put on this bullshit and they have this like John Jr. replica that they're trying to sell me as Carl. <gasps> That's it. It's a wow. John Jr. replica. This is not Carl's Jr. First of all, Carl's Jr. would have been like when, when, um, wait, Jenny, stop. I'm gonna stop you right there. Let's go the rage corner. All right. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Rage out. No, like I'll, I'll go through it in the story, in, in the plot of the story, but like he's not, he's not Carl's Jr. Grace. Like this is the worst recasting I've ever seen. Like what is happening? Where is my precarious, precocious, whatever little boy with the blonde bull haircut who stares in wonderment at women's bodies and tries to light <laughs> shit on fire? I mean, he would have been all into like those candles, like he would have been laying shit on fire. God, what is happening? He would have been drinking in the barn with Edwards. Well, and the tough part is like we drop into their life, which is okay if they're characters you already know and love, but like we drop into like just grace yelling at Edwards. So so we don't know what they've been doing for the last couple of years. Like they just kind of drop us into that. And like, because they're new characters, it was just really hard to believe it, I think. Yeah, yeah. It was weird. All right, give me the description for Little House on the Prairie, Season 8, Episode 18, A Promise to Keep. Mr. Edwards returns to Walnut Grove, harboring harboring some disturbing secrets, namely that his marriage was ruined because of his alcoholism. (laughs) His inability to stay off the bottle nearly destroys his cherished friendship with Charles when he causes an accident that nearly kills Albert. Jen, Edwards gonna Edwards. Should we just be like nearly dead Albert? Is that his new nickname? (laughs) I mean, why are we surprised? Edward's going to Edward's, right? (laughs) I know. I know. Like, I can't believe anyone's surprised that he went down the road of alcoholism. (laughs) All right. So we open on a delicious chocolate cake. Can we discuss this chocolate cake? Okay. You know it was chocolate inside. It had that homemade looking. Was it chocolate inside or was it yellow? Oh, there probably wasn't yellow cake at this time. It had that delicious looking homemade chocolate frosting that's like just swooped on a little bit. Yep. It looked room temperature, which is the best way to serve a cake. No, I like an ice ice cold chocolate cake. What are you some kind yes. of weirdo? No, I totally disagree with the room with a room temperature cake. Do you put a cupcake in the fridge? Yes, no Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> Guys, If it's cho- chocolate. Like if it's vanilla <laughs> no, wait. If it's vanilla or it has like I like like a vanilla cake with like strawberry ice icing on it, Like, that I'm okay with room temperature. Chocolate needs to be cold. I will eat a vanilla... I'm right. I'm right. Come at me. I'm right. Chocolate should be cold. (laughs) I'll eat a vanilla cupcake with strawberry icing if there are no chocolate options. Chocolate either needs to be cold or hot. (sighs) What? You're weird. This room temperature shit is for the birds. All right. We have some woman calling herself Grace Edwards, and she's bringing the cake out for Alicia, who I at least recognized... Yeah, thank God there's somebody we know. And an imposter, Carl's Jr. Yeah. You're right. He is a John Jr. wannabe. They just try to put like John Jr. in there and like they are very different people. Isaiah's not there. He's out in the barn drinking. I'm going to call him Edward. She calls him Isaiah. You get what I'm talking about. Yeah edwards is hanging on to a letter that john jr wrote before he died and he just can't let it go and grace is like it's been a year how okay. long will you use our son's death to drink we didn't know about drama in, in the 80s go ahead <laughs> no. well first of all i'm like oh shit the john jr card but second of all like i'm not a parent but i feel like you'd Your life would be destroyed for longer than a year if your kid got killed. I don't know. I mean, what if your kid's John Jr.? Yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah, like if something happened (laughs) to months. I feel like
0: mom and dad would have recovered from that. Six months. (laughs) (laughs) Mom would be devastated if something happened to me. Are you kidding me? Now. Now. But then? eh. Okay. (laughs) So he's like, I can quit anytime I want. Now, Grace goes back inside and we hear Edwards coming in and, Jem, what's he singing? Old man it. Old all, Tucker. Old Dan Tucker. Old Dan Tucker. First of all, does he he seem to sound different? Did you get that? Yeah, I mean he's he's aged. I mean it's been five years. So Edwards is so drunk that Grace and Carls Jr. look like different people. I was just going with that. <laughs>
1: Well, I no, I'm like trying to like, rectify
0: the situation in my mind. I like the description. You're like, Edwards returns harboring a secret. Yeah, he's been kidnapped by a different family. <laughs> <laughs> so he is shit-faced. And I wrote, and guys, <clears throat> forgive me. Forgive me, okay? I'm heartbroken over Carl's Jr., so, I'm going to be taking a lot of anger on this character. I just wrote this whiny bitch, Carl Jr., is crying about his birthday cake. First, okay, I have a couple things here. First of all, <laughs> this is Amy on two cider slushies. <laughs> yes, like, that's how drunk she gets. Yes, it is. <laughs> and I feel like the real Carl Jr. would love this negative attention. <laughs> he would absolutely love this negative attention and i also feel like i just lied to our listeners because i would be devastated over somebody ruining my cake i would freak the <laughs> fuck out yeah that's true <laughs> you would that's true all right so edwards is slurring and he's fallen all over his fake family and fake grace is not having it Mm-mm. then he manhandles alicia he picks her up and he's like swinging her around. that was so weird <laughs> Fake Carl's Jr. screams like a bitch and runs off. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm not saying men should not show their emotions. Of course they should. But who is this person? After, after you just said <laughs> Carl's Jr. screamed like a bitch, but men should show their emotions. Yes. yes okay. They mixed should. message, Amy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Carl's Jr. says I couldn't even invite my friends. Oh, like this fake Carl's Jr. One has, has our friend. Run. I couldn't even invite them over because I knew he'd be drunk and I hate them or I hate him. Now, Jenny Grace hears this and she decides that's it. And she tells Edwards, hit the fucking road, dude, hit the road. He's out. He's out. And what does he do? He manhandles her. He manhandles her like it's and I was like, it's bad, oh, my guys. God, is he abusive? But they have a conversation then <laughs> that leads you to believe that to this point it hasn't been. He grabs her by the throat yeah, which and is shoves her up against the door jamb. Yep. ooh, mm, That was a little tough. Okay. So she says, what are you going to do, Isaiah? Hit me? Hit me? Because that's the only thing you haven't done. Then she tells him he was a different man when they moved in there and she just wants him to leave. Now, in Walnut Grove, Manly is apparently miraculously healed. Because oh, that's right. He was seed. like half dead. That's right. <laughs> he is schlepping seed with Charles at the mill when Edwards mm-hmm. pops in. Yeah. What's up? I'm and back. He just comes in like, hey, Charles, what's up? <laughs> Charles is thrilled to see him, and Edwards is like awfully fixated on Half Pint. Did you pick this up? Yeah. Pa is stoked. He's stoked. I mean, his ride or die is back. He's stoked. Yeah. He's like, look at this fucking I know. Thing he's like, to my God, I don't have in? to I don't <laughs> rely on Elmanzo anymore. Uh, Edward says, um, Charles asks, like, where's Grace and the kids? And he's like, oh, we've been thinking about moving back here. So I'm here to, like, scout out the situation. And then he's like, I'm going to go over. First, he calls Elmanzo ugly, which I appreciated. And El was like, hey, everybody, this is Mr. Edwards. Hey, everybody, I'm ugly, and I can walk again. So he heads over to surprise Laura at the restaurant, and I just wrote, Charles is so happy to have his real ride-or-die back. Oh, my God, he's delighted. Because, I mean, let's, I mean, Garvey just left. Garvey left, never to be seen again. Garvey was a good ride-or-die, but he He just left. He was. He He was. was. So Edwards comes into the restaurant, and he's singing old Dan Tucker. Again, and it's a super, it's like such an awkward entrance. Oh, Diane Tucker. And Laura finishes the lyric and they hug and they spin around. And Carolyn's like, Mr. Edwards, where are Grace and the kids? He's like, uh, uh, uh Charles will tell you about them. You know, he's like, "If you can find them. Let me know. Because I am <laughs> stuck with some fake ones back in my house. So he's like, I just want to see that new sprig of Laura's. He keeps calling the baby a new sprig. So, he cannot believe that Laura grew up. Now, I want to talk about Laura's acting for a minute. Okay. Interesting. I want to preface this by saying, we love you, Melissa Gilbert. <laughs> we love you. We love you. But this is like some Laura after dark shit because she's like talking differently. Okay. So, here's my thought because I, I have a comment on this later. I feel like they all took some kind of weird workshop and like they're doing something very specific. Yes. Like some kind of weird specific style. Yes. Yes. And I can only blame the director for this. No. Mm -mm. Yeah. We don't blame the director. Nope. Nope. We blame an acting coach. Yeah. Like some something has changed. They're they're doing something very specific. She's talking in a very measured voice, like this. Yes. It's super weird. And it's like. And that's not normally how she acts after dark. Mr. Edward, your little half pint grew up to a full pint. It's weird. Stop it. It's not okay. So he surprises her with lemon verbena, Jen. Well, he he puts his hand over her eyes and says, can't stand for peeking. (laughs) Yes, what is that? Whoever writes this guy, like, I feel like they don't. I think Victor (laughs) French just knows this character and just, like, says these things. You know what I mean? Because, like, they nail it. Like, they know this guy. This character is so well fleshed out. He actually says, close your eyes, no peeking. Can't stand for peeking. He really doesn't like it. Like, I mean, he just, I don't know if, like, the right. it can't be the writing, because I feel like there's just so many different writers that yeah. it just wouldn't be, like, this level of consistency, I think, would be hard. Like yeah. Victor French has to have something to do with that. Maybe. Maybe he just ad-libs. He might ad-libs just some of these phrases and stuff. So here's the best part. Edward's asked to rent a room, and Carolyn's like, why don't you stay with us? Jen, where the fuck is he yeah, gonna stay? I mean, he'd have to sleep in a barn. Here's well, he my sleep- question about He's this. sleeping in a barn anyway, but but here's my question about this. like, What happened to the Saudi? I feel like they had a guest house, and that yeah. was like, just gone. Mm. They did have a guest house. You're right. They had the breakdown shoddy. And if they had a guest house, why doesn't Albert and James sleep out there? Yeah. A- Albert needs to move the fuck out. Yeah, just go to the Saudi. That's what needs to happen. At the little house that night, the family is laughing and Edwards is talking about when he taught Laura how to spit. It's gross. I'm all teary eyed at this point because I am remembering how good the show used to be. (laughs) (laughs) Then Laura has an announcement and in a horribly delivered speech... She asks yes. Mr. Edwards to be the baby's godfather. Now here's how she's doing the speech. Well, Almanzo and I were thinking, and there's no one that has been more influential yeah. than like you. Like this is not. And I have decided that I would like you, Mr. Edwards, to like what? It's. It's not her natural style. Like no. she's a good actress. I don't no. know what she's doing. I don't know what's happening either. You're right. Whoever's given directing on this set thing. is something well, wrong. It's Michael we, Land. Land. we know who it's it is. We know who it is. I don't want to talk about it. All right. So whatever she's asking the, him the, to be the baby's part. godfather. But the sad part is he's not doing it. Charles isn't doing it. No, just everyone else is. Yeah, maybe Melissa Gilbert took an acting class. No, I feel like I feel like Albert was doing it too. Mm. okay don't you he was acting a little weird too maybe and carolyn even a little bit Ugh. like they weren't their normal animated fashion no it was weird maybe weird they've bit. all checked out by this point because <laughs> <laughs> we certainly have <laughs> i have a question they could see that they could just be replaced with anyone at yeah, any time yeah <laughs> they're like oh shit they're not even gonna like they're not even gonna take the effort to write you off the show no it's gonna replace your character mm-hmm. i have a question for you go ahead are you a godmother I am a godmother. Mm. I talked about this in a previous episode. I wasn't listening. Did not do a good job, no. in my opinion. In fact, um, the girls were talking about their learning uh, Egyptian mythology in mm-hmm. class. And I was telling them that that's when I became an atheist, I think. I, I was the fake agnostic for a while. Yeah. Um, was when I realized there were so many other religions you didn't know that before eighth grade. I was young, and I just remember thinking, you know, why, why, why would we as Roman Catholics
1: tenth think that ours is right?
0: Were. Right? Yeah. No, one hundred percent. Yeah. It was really weird. It was really. So weird. you didn't learn about any of the wars that were raged on religion before tenth grade? Um. No. 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 I was young. It was, you keep making that grade higher, It was sixth or seventh grade, maybe. is it the grade the girls are in you're talking about? No, no, no. I was younger than that. Oh. And we were studying Native American mythology at the time. I remember it very clearly. I want to say I was in middle school. Which is different than Egyptian mythology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But then you learn, like, all of these different mythologies, and you're like, isn't... roman catholic like isn't catholicism just one mythology i mean the religions too but right like yeah but i remember thinking i was uncomfortable with the hubris of the catholic church oh i mean (laughs) you just have to learn about the crusades to right to deal with that okay so let's get back to this jenny aim but wait Um, wait 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 i know you can't believe it no one has ever asked me to be a godmother (laughs) Jenny, you're lucky I'm letting you be the aunt to my children, which is only by birth. Can you believe no one has ever asked me to be a godmother? No, I believe it 100%. (laughs) I mean, maybe if we had someone baptized into the Wiccan religion. (laughs) All right. So the next day at the mill, Edward shows up late, Jen. He's hungover. So as I was saying before we screwed up the order of this. Um, I feel bad for people who, cause you know, this happens, right? The scenario must sure, occur of course. where it is your first day on a new job and you're all like, this is going to be amazing. And then you're like sick as hell. Like you're like thrown up or something. Could you imagine? That would suck. I feel like I've had some bad first days. My first day at <laughs> McDonald's when I was a teenager, I split my pants down the back. <laughs> the first day of my job at the TV station, I got stuck in the elevator. The oh fire department God. had to come no i feel like i've had some bad first days yeah wow <laughs> i got stuck in the elevator at a company christmas party with like a bunch of people Ugh. and and the fire department had come and they had it stopped between floors and we had to climb out oh yeah i was the only one in there which i is, would rather of that no it's kind of worse because you're like is anyone going to because this was really before cell phones started oh okay It was, like, maybe 2002, 2003. Like, I probably had one, but I don't know if I had it on me. Like, we weren't as glued to our phones as we are now. It's really weird. Okay. So, he shows up. He's sick. Charles is asking a lot of questions. Will Grace be following you? Will she be here in time for the christening? Edwards is like, you need to back the fuck off, man. I have, like, I have a lot of effort. I have a lot of effort. Jesus. I have a lot of issue with this kind of thing. Like when people just constantly dig into your business, like it, I didn't realize how um, invasive that is. Like if you go to, you know, like if you go on a work trip or something, people like, when did you get here? When did you fly? Where are you staying? And you're like, whoa, like, well, (laughs) so let me ask you questions to ask. So let me ask your opinion on this. Um, My friend and I were just talking about this this morning. We noticed a Facebook friend of ours who we worked with in real life for a while and we're good friends with, but haven't spoken to regularly probably in the last 15 years. Mm -hmm. She got divorced, we think. We surmise. Mm -hmm. And my friend was like, oh, I might reach out to her. I'm like, no, we can't reach out to her. Like, do you reach out to somebody if you see they got divorced and be like, oh, I just want to let you know, like, I'm thinking about you or... It's invasive, did they post? Right? Did they make a post that was like, I got nope. divorced? Then, no. No, absolutely but not. But they like changed absolutely. their name, scrubbed their no, Facebook of this absolutely dude. absolutely not. Absolutely right. not. Like yeah. my stance is leave it alone, don't invade. If somebody puts something out on social media that's like, I'm going through this thing, then I feel like they're kind of asking people for support. Right. But if they're not doing that. No. Oh, hell no. No, no, no. S- similarly... Um, A friend of mine was confiding in me that somebody she knows, their child passed away. And the the kid was like in their 20s. Yeah. And she's like, I just want to know what happened. But like, I don't want to ask and no one's saying it. And I think you have to think about your motivation. Like, if this person's divorced and you know it, but like it wasn't announced anywhere, and you want to like truly support them. Like, maybe you just reach out to them, like, pretending you know nothing, and just be like, hey, you know, how's it going? It'll be too obvious. Because it just, like, was not a thing that happened? Yeah. Well, then, like, maybe you do it a year from now, right? Like, down the road. Mm -hmm. But, and I feel like if you know somebody died, I mean, I think you can, like, give condolence. Yeah. It's just this weird, I, I guess what I'm getting at is social media has created this new, because I would never have known this person got divorced right right you know what i like mean now like, we know these things now we know these things yeah. and when someone withholds it's weird yeah it's not weird i shouldn't say it's weird it's i, I actually admire that better yeah, yeah, yeah. But or I admire that more than people who kind of spill that shit all over social media. Which yes. if you do, fine. Hey, whatever. Some people have no support in their personal lives, and they need right. to spill it on social. Right, media. and I feel like somebody who's doing that is asking for support. For support. So yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. totally fine to contact somebody like that. Like I think that's what they want. Mm-hmm. But Charles it's is weird. not doing that. Charles is like, "Where's Grace? When is she yeah. coming? Where's Carl's Jr.? Why is he a whiny bitch now? What's happening yeah. with Alicia?" Can I spin her around? Like, he's just, you know. Bing, I just feel like bing, bing, when somebody bing, bing. shows up alone, you just, you know, you know what I mean? Like, you're like just Jenny like. to every function we have. We just don't ask questions. No, but that's normal. That's normal, <laughs> But, like, if they suddenly show up without their family, maybe you just ask how they're doing and, like, leave it at that. Well, Not, like, already... where are they? What's going on? In Charles' defense, Edwards lied and Charles... This is riveting for our listeners. <laughs> Edwards lied and Charles is following yes. up on that lie. That's true. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Okay. So <clears throat> he's like, Mr. Edwards, we see him go home and he's, Jen, he's not doing well. He's like sweating, he's shaking. He's, yeah, he's drunk. He's, he's not good. So the next day he heads over to Nell's and he buys up, in a baller move, buys up all the cough syrup in he's the going, store. He's going through withdrawals. Like he's that, yeah. he's that dependent on alcohol. That he needs that he, to steady himself. Yeah. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is, like, 50% alcohol. Because, like, medicine, cough medicine in those days was alcohol. Like, yeah, it was a bottle yeah. of alcohol. Well, and then he's like, I don't know if this will help my cough, but at least I'll forget about it. Instead, I'll take four. And Nels is like, ha, 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 like, not red flag, dude. <laughs> well, red I love flag. how Nels is like, Doc Baker doesn't want me selling this shit, but then well, he's here like, here's four bottles. Faller <laughs> <laughs> Nels. All right, so at the Little House, Jen, there's been a real nerd void with Mary gone. So Albert has decided to step up his nerd game, and he is literally, like, sitting there pining away for a microscope. <laughs> like, what? I love a good microscope, first of all. <laughs> of Everyone loves a good microscope. No. mm I don't want to see what germs look like up front close. Yeah, yeah. You would hate that. No. So, Jen, he's $2 short, and Charles tells him if he goes with Edwards to Sleepy Eye on Friday, he can earn the money. Okay. Have you ever looked at a grain of sand? Oh, like, a little... Like, a little bit of sand in a microscope. It's fascinating. I think I may have. It's crazy. It's totally crazy. Don't you see little, like, micro sea life in there? There's just all kinds of shit. It's like, you'd think it would be, like, just, you know, little bits of, like, sandy colored thing. It's not. It's like a million things. You know what's amazing about technology? I can just Google sand under a microscope. Now we can, but not in 1850. Or 18, this is, no, this is not 1850. It's probably, like, 1885, 86. Well, exactly. I don't like this new Albert, this nerdy Albert. It's just Yeah, eh, I like badass Albert. Me He's too. like like hustling people. Me too. So in Sleepy Eye Jen, the siren song of the saloon pulls Edwards in. <laughs> well, you <laughs> forgot though. Charles tells Albert he should help deliver stuff with Edwards to make the money for his microscope. I have that. You didn't say it. I said if Charles tells him if he goes with Edwards to sleep, yeah, on Friday, he can earn the money. You're not paying attention. I totally didn't listen. To <laughs> She's not paying underwater. attention, guys. Leave that. <laughs> Leave that in so you guys attention. can see what I have to deal with. As, I. The part of this is sense. is like I'm literally not doing anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like my brain is just filtering things out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. So, Jenny. Okay. Edwards is in the saloon and he man's whiskey from the bartender. Jenny, what would happen to you if you were in Brooklyn and you walked into a bar and you acted this way? Oh, Give my God. People would be like, now they'd be like, you're an asshole. Get out of here. <laughs> they would be <laughs> like, just throw me out. Yes. Ugh. Okay. So Albert walks in and he's given him the shame stare. He's like, yep. just staring at him with his arms folded. Edwards is acting a fool and he's arm wrestling and he gets he's, punched by some patrons. He's basically drinking and gambling at this point in time. Cause he's betting their money yeah. on if he could win the match and he's completely wasted. And you know, let's face it, probably not in the shape he used to be. And yeah. he's like, Getting beat handedly here. Jenny, I was thinking as I was taking notes that we should arm wrestle, but you will kill me. (laughs) It's not even like I want to... My little arm is like a paper (laughs) doll.
1: I'm happy to arm
0: wrestle you anytime you want to arm wrestle. But you know what? Maybe I'll put you up as my proxy and you can arm wrestle Timmy. That's ridiculous. I'm not going to beat Timmy. (laughs) All right. So now Edwards is visibly drunk, falling all over Jen, yet he still drives. Albert gets Time in the out. wagon with him. <laughs> Time out. First of all, when he went over to get his stuff in the saloon to leave, I thought he was going to grab the bat off the guy. Oh, that would have been great. That's and bash some skulls. Yeah yeah. And some skulls. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. some skulls. Because I feel like that's still Edwards, isn't there somewhere? Yeah. Edwards um, is going to Edward. I mean. So I have an index card. <laughs> oh. I'm um, drunk driving? About, about drunk driving. <laughs> yeah. So like there's. Scattered information about this, and it's not real. I mean, there's a bunch of different sources that say similar things, but there's no definitive answer, really. Most okay. DUI laws that pertain to having a certain blood alcohol content were enacted like in the in 1910, 1920, when when cars were uh, becoming more popular. Okay. Before that, there were some laws around driving a horse and carriage drunk, but a lot of them were connected to being liable. To if you damage somebody's property or you injured someone or like injured livestock or like, so it was more like you had to actually crash before right. you got like charged with anything. Sure. Like there, it wasn't actually illegal to just be drunk driving things. Well, because we talked about this, the horses are still going to go in the straight way. Well, that's what we thought. But then you saw what happened here. <laughs> there's so also, there also little to no laws around ri- riding a horse drunk mm. I feel like if you ride a horse drunk you get what you deserve <laughs> there are still not a lot of laws around drive- riding a horse drunk um, there's some states that have some but most of the time if you are drunk on a horse and a cop sees you you are likely going to get charged with something like public drunkenness endangering life of others animal cruelty but there's no like DUI on a horse okay in some states, it is, though, illegal to ride a horse drunk. That's Kentucky, Florida, and California are a couple. Some states give a blanket DUI for vehicle, which is, which is a thing that by which a person or property is transported on a highway. Okay. And then states like Wyoming, Montana, and Louisiana have pretty much no laws around riding a horse drunk. In almost every state, driving a horse and carriage drunk is illegal, and you'll get a DUI right now, today. What? I'm waving my hand at her. Can you read that definition of transport again? Of a vehicle, I mean. Vehicle by which a person or property is transported on a highway. So I want to see a horse on a highway. Why can't a horse go on a highway? I want to see a horse (laughs) strutting down (laughs) I-95. I mean, I think the definition of highway is pretty loose, too. Like, you Mm -hmm. could say those, like, two-lane routes are highways. Like okay. in, that go through the countryside um but basically now e- like even now riding a horse and carriage you would get a dui but then there was no real laws around it so so mr edwards is in the clear well the other thing i was i was curious about is is there a driving age like can albert just drive that's what i'm like why isn't albert driving albert wanted to drive he we saw laura driving at 16 no, Albert offered to drive, but I don't think there's an age, driving age at this time, because oh. kids worked on the farm. They were yeah. offering, like, like animals and plows. And... When you were 12, you were, like, an adult. It's not like you need a driver's license to ride a bike, so I don't think you need it to drive a horse. Correct. Jenny, I was just screaming, Albert, don't get in the wagon with him. Because he did offer. He's like, why don't you just, like, rest, and I'll drive, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know. Guys, Edward's like, and not to mention the irony of Edward's son was murdered by By a drunk driver. He was nefariously murdered, though. We think he was murdered, it was by a drunk driver. It was made to look like a drunk driver, Mm -hmm. and now Edwards is doing the same to Albert. Okay, so Edwards is visibly drunk, he's on this wagon and he's going, hey, hey yeah, and he's acting like a nut job, and the horses are going bananas and i'm laughing my ass off i'm scream laughing it was so funny he's on the road to banana town he is on the road to banana town which by the way guys new banana town merch in our store check it out so albert falls off and he gets hit by another wagon now cut to doc baker's doc is giving albert the ocular pat down jen and oh my he, God. Has, he has a compound fracture that was made worse by not being taken to a doctor right away. Well, doc doesn't like the looks of this, but at least he knows it's a compound fracture. Aim, do you know what a compound fracture is? No. It's the one where the bone sticks through the leg, isn't it? <gasps> Ooh. Like it's your bone is through your skin. Okay. Pretty hard to not recognize a compound fracture. Let me just make sure that's Guys, right. come at us. I was just going to say, come at us with the correction for this because we know it's wrong. Pause. An open fracture is called a compound fracture in which there is an opener wound in the break in the skin near the broken bone. So you can see it. Wow. The wound is caused by a fragment of the bone breaking through the skin. Thank you. I can be a doctor. I'm a better (laughs) doctor than doc. That's true. Well, it doesn't take much. All right. Like if you can't, like a compound fracture is pretty clear. The bone's sticking through the skin. Jenny, did you pick up on this little subtlety? They gave Albert morphine for the pain. Oh, oh. Dun, dun, dun. So it's all is Edward's this, fault. Is this how he gets hooked on morphine? Yes. <gasps> wow. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Well, because to be to be fair, a compound oh. fracture has got to be insanely painful, right? And to be fair, that's how most opi- opioid addicts get addicted. Yeah, they get injured and they get medicine that supposedly was not addicted, which is what the drug company said, which is like a whole other thing. Yes. Anyway. Okay, Jen. So he may lose his leg. Now Carolyn comes in. She's hysterical. She asks him what happens. He tells them Edwards got drunk and drunk. And I just wrote, Charles freaks out and goes to Banana Town. (laughs) Charles is pissed. Oh, he's pissed. Like, you know Charles is pissed when he, like, has the half-crying, half-angry face. Oh, that face. <laughs> Love it. Charles heads over to the hotel where Edwards is drunk, and he grabs the whiskey bottle, and he throws it. Well, Edwards is sitting there, and he says something like, yeah, I was drunk, or like, I forget what he says. He kind He's of like, dismisses. like, we, we all need a drink after today. Yeah, and I'm like, shit's about to get real. <laughs> Jenny, I have a question for you. Where'd he get that whiskey? There's no liquor store in Walnut Grove. Oh, did he, he bring it back? It in Sleepy Eye. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. All right. So Charles smashes the bottle. He freaks out on Edwards confesses he's lost everything, including his fake family. And Charles tells him leave town and don't come near me or my family again. Yeah. Okay. Now we see him leaving town, and Laura catches up with him the the robotic Laura that has been. I hope she goes back to her out. natural style. Mm-hmm. She's talking in her Laura after dark voice again, and she tells him, "I'm the only one who can help you, Mister Edwards. It's real, like Pleasantville. Yeah, it's, it's super weird. Like, it's not um, Laura. It's not. It's not Laura. I hope she snaps okay. out of it. What's the one? The Truman Show. It reminds yes. me of the Truman Show. Okay. So she cannot let him leave like this, blah, blah, blah. So she agrees to take him in and help him dry out. Yep. Okay. Now we get Edwards drying out, working the farm montage with, Hey, everybody, I'm helping him dry out, and I'm going to lose everything because I'm a fucking moron. So it's been a few weeks, and Laura's voiceover tells us, as far as they know, I like that disclaimer, as far as we know, Uh, Edwards hasn't been drinking. All right. So they're chilling now in the one room house. And I was still not talking to him. No. And I was surprised by the continuity here. They are in the one room house. And you look over and the the destroyed house is still there. (laughs) Now I have a question. Manly doesn't clean that up. I have a question. Why couldn't they use a lot of the materials from that house? I don't know. I don't know. Manly (sighs) doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Mm -hmm. I get that you probably can't use it for the frame. But like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Laura says, so Edwards tells them, you know, I, I drank for any reason. I drank to celebrate the sun going down, the sun coming up, the moon, the sun, whatever. It's like I was just always drunk, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. And Laura says, <clears throat> I was taught that whatever you're hiding, someone will see. I was like, whoa, dude, what is this message? What's done in the dark will come to light. <laughs> I don't know. It's so weird. I, this is a common thought with people i feel like this is a common like trope so yeah yeah that like people think oh you can't really hide anything everybody finds everything yes you can absolutely not true like there's more going on than everyone knows yeah <laughs> like, yeah you know what i mean like the, the i just don't believe that at all i'm like, harboring so five secrets right now like, there's so much <laughs> shit going on that people don't know about <laughs> yeah all right so now it's all morning, and Laura's headed to the school board meeting, and Edwards is going to watch Baby Rose. Jen, how annoyed were you by Baby Rose? What? What are you talking about? Again? I mean, generally, because she's an infant, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah.
1: But and because she, she, she gives cries. Her,
0: uh, but she gives an Emmy-winning performance again. Little Rose. Like, this kid can act. Man, this kid acts, circles around all these other kids. The infant! <laughs> yes! <laughs> Okay. She's amazing. I mean, super annoying because she's an infant, but she's nailing it. Okay. All right. <laughs> so he's feeding the baby and singing old Dan Tucker. When Foster shows up with a letter from Grace, Jen, she has <laughs> met someone. Hold on. Hold on. Foster? I feel like Foster is becoming like the harbinger <laughs> of sorrow. Like she just like, <laughs> she just shows up and like gives you a fucking letter and mm-hmm. it turns out a letter mm-hmm. never a good No, a good sign in these days. Never a good thing. Never a good thing. So she reigns on his parade. She has met someone, Jen. Now, did you get a look at this letter? First of all, it looked like a third grader wrote it. It looked like a third grader wrote it. What is that? That is not like a a, first of all, it was printed, wasn't it? Yes.
1: Like in that
0: time, the handwriting was how you wrote. Yes. you would not be printing a letter. Correct. Correct. So that's all wrong. Yeah. And then she talks about, "I'm just going to send the papers of the disillusionment of our marriage." Like, what? You didn't have to like go through a divorce. You could just be like, "This is this is just disillusioned." Like, this right? Is and, and she met a dude named Nathan Sims. I'm like, here we go with the Sims. Here we go with the Sims. <sighs> Jesus. All right, so he's like, "Oh fuck." Now no, fuck. Laura comes in. The meeting was canceled, and Edwards is real quick. Like, I have a headache. I have to go to town and get some medicine. Then we get, for some random reason, we have no idea why, we get Buckboard Cam following Edwards into town. Did oh, you pick this up? Cam. No, I didn't pick that it up. It's real weird. Jen, the shop is closed. They close at 2 on Saturdays. Why would you close it Why would it you two? close it too? Yeah. Nice job here. I feel like Harriet would never do this. You are literally the only store in town. Yeah, and everybody's off on Saturday. And you're going to close it 2 on Saturdays. And then some rando out of nowhere walks by is like they're closet <laughs> Where's this guy so jen when you're when you're heartbroken devastated jonesing for a drink you can't get one where's the next place you go next logical place church obviously church to pray yeah. <laughs> so he stumbles over to the church and he's begging God to help him quit drinking but he's scared just just then who pops in Rev Public enemy number one of Rev. <laughs> <laughs> All right. To be fair, though, like, and Rev is like, you know, comforting him and listening to him. Sure. Rev is like Karamo. Do you watch Queer Eye? I, I've seen. I, okay. So I watched the old Queer Eye. Okay. Which was great. The reboot. I've only seen maybe one or two episodes. The reboot is so good. I, I love the re- I love the reboot. It's so good. Karamo is like. The culture dude like mm-hmm. the life and culture dude mm-hmm. and it, it seems like he has the easiest job you know like people are like remodeling kitchens and like yeah. cooking dinners for 45 people and he's just like talking to people but his job is the hardest job on the show i don't care remodeling a kitchen is child's play in comparison to getting somebody to talk to their father again that's you true know what I mean? that's like true yeah like he's it's funny because it seems like he's not doing a lot but like he's always like you know, up to his elbows in the shit. Yeah. And that's kind of Rev. Are you kind of paying Rev a compliment? I think I am a little bit like he has the hardest like fixing somebody's broken leg is nothing. Like like dealing with addiction. Are you acting like like, like, are you acting like Doc treats broken legs? I mean I mean Doc is whatever. Okay. So anyway, he's like, look, I was a drunk. I lost everything too. Now Timmy brought up a good point that I had completely forgotten. Timmy's like, you can't blame Edwards for drinking so much because he lost his family. And I'm like, no, no, no. He lost his family because he was drinking. Timmy's like, no, he lost his original family. Original family. I had forgotten all about it. Yeah. Tragic backstory. How could I forget? There's like, he has like layers of tragic backstory. Yes. I mean, in these days you had like six tragic backstories. That's true. That's true. But I forgot Rev also had tragic backstory. Where he yep. lost somebody. I so, mean, who in Walnut Grove doesn't have a tragic backstory? True. So he says, God helped me. He gave me the strength and we held hands. And then he goes, Isaiah, take God's hand. Take it, Isaiah. And then they stare at the cross. And I said to Timmy, how great would it be if you saw a big hand come down? Hey, that's <laughs> reach why you don't write down out the corner of his Michael Landon is is like one old-fashioned <laughs> drink away from that. <laughs> All right, Jen. That night, Charles shows up in the barn and he's just oh, like, I finally. can't quit you, man. Can't quit finally. you. I finally do. But first of all, he's like, Rev stopped by. Like, is there no preacher, parishioner, confidentiality at this point <laughs> no. in the Like, is that well, a no. thing? No, it's not a thing. Charles cries that he misses him and they hug it out. They hug Ride it out. Ride or motherfucking die. Yep. Then I'm like, cut to his funeral. What? And then, no, like, oh, the it's a baptism. Cut to the christening. Didn't you think that they were going to baptize Edwards again? No. Oh, I thought that. No. Anyway, it's Rose's christening, and we get this sappy scene of Edwards holding the baby, and we get Jen an instrumental version of old Dan Tucker playing behind them. Oh, thank God. And that's it. End of episode. This was a wild one. I thought this was a good episode. I thought the thing they did really well was... Um... In the beginning, when Edward shows up in Walnut Grove, okay. You can tell I've been looking, listening to like like podcasts that are reviewing House of Dragons. Yeah, like what are you? Wait, <laughs> wait you're, you you haven't seen my face, guys. She's going. I thought something they did really well, and I'm like, they did something well. No, i was okay. just gonna critique the show like from this angle. Okay. No, I thought something they did really well was when Edward showed up in Walnut Grove. And like we know he's a crazy drunk who lost his family, but they yeah. don't know it. And I thought they built that tension really well. Like you, you kept player? wait, you kept <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: like you, you kept, kept way too much for olive Edwards
0: juice this morning <laughs> because you're like, Edwards is gonna crack at some point, right? Like he can't hold, yeah. he can't hold this, this yeah. like lie for too long. Yeah. So like the tension of him doing this performance, yeah, it was masterful. <laughs> All right. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to, like, up the quality here a little bit. <laughs> Jenny, whose fault is this? Um, This is Edward's fault. I mean. I'm blaming Landon. I'm coming for you, ghost of Landon. Oh, wow. You okay. take a man's family and you change them out <laughs> and expect him <laughs> not to drink about it. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like it's Edward's fault. Like, I'm not blaming him for being an alcoholic, but I feel like he needs to face the fact that, like, he's not, you know, it's like the admitting that you have a problem thing. Like, he, he, it takes him a long time to admit that it is a problem. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm wrong. He, he tries to hide it, and ultimately, it's going to come out and destroy everybody's life. Why are we surprised that he has a drinking problem? He had a hooch jug at work. Yeah, he did. He had a still in his backyard. Yes. Like, yes. Uh, pay attention yeah. to the warning signs, guys. Yeah. All right, Jenny. At the end of every episode, we look back on a theme or a lesson, talk about how it affected us as adults. We call it our why. It's designed to finish the sentence. Gen X, this is why. Jenny, what's your why for this episode? And did you remember this episode? I sort of did. Okay. Um, I remember this, like, storyline generally. Um, this is why we have to normalize treating alcoholism and addiction as a disease because it is, he wants to quit. He can't. And it's interesting watching this now. Yeah. And you know, like the point of view and the things we know about this now versus like the eighties, you know, there were, I, AA was around, I believe that started in the seventies or sixties. Didn't it? Yeah. I could but see like, AA coming out of the sixties, but like it, we just didn't, we we did not use the term or we did not think of alcoholism as a disease at that time for sure oh i agree and it's like he literally cannot stop like he is dependent he's addicted to dependent on like it, it you're not gonna be able to do that yourself i mean it's the same way we think about mental disease right like we like to like blame people but like it it's like depression is a disease. Like it's yes. something that you can't, mm-hmm. you don't have control over. And people think you have control over alcoholism. You don't. You don't. And and any um... Alcoholics Anonymous was started in 1935. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's progressive. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I... But I feel like it. It became like it, it, we started thinking about it, at least in the fact that you needed some outside help to end this. Yeah. But I don't think it's until very recently that we think about it as, like, this is a disease that needs to be treated and not criminalized. Like, I mean, we're going through this with drugs now. Yeah, I feel like, I don't, I don't know. I feel like, I lost my train of thought. I forget what I was going to say. Um, I, I forget what I was going to say. It must have been a lie. I don't no. know. <laughs> this... I keep doing that, and I think it's because I got my COVID vaccine. Because like whenever I got COVID, which you know, everyone I've had it a couple times, I would have like forgetfulness for like a week or two after. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely forgot. Jenny, I have this is why we thought all alcoholics were redeemable and they just needed to be saved. Well, I mean, that's not necessarily untrue. Not no. all people are redeemable, right? Right. Like alcoholism is treatable. That doesn't mean the person's not an asshole. Right. But the onus needs to be on the person to want to be helped. Well, the person has to want to be helped. The person has to accept that they're an alcoholic and admit that they can't do it themselves and want to be helped. Yeah. That's the key. Like, if you don't get to that point, then I don't, there's nothing you can do. And that's when it becomes, I think, difficult because then you want to blame the person. Mm Mm-hmm. But also they're under the influence of this thing they have no control over. Well, and I think that's what I'm saying. Like, I grew up thinking that we had to save alcoholics instead of alcoholics wanting to save themselves and then non-alcoholics stepping in and helping and supporting them. I always thought it was like on the role of especially the woman to help the alcoholic man. Like that trope was in television over and over and over again. There's the whole idea of, like, intervention, right? Yeah. But I'm not I'm not um, downplaying the alcoholism at all. I'm just saying, like, I never, I think as a young woman or as a kid, I never, it never occurred to me that it was the alcoholic's responsibility to want help. Well, back to the intervention. I think, like, you know, if they're under the influence of alcohol, if you're a severe alcoholic, like, you don't have that it, like you're not going to just snap awake one day and be like, oh, I need to no. change this. You might, but doubtful. I think there needs to be something that happens, right? Like a line drawn or like an intervention or uh-huh. like I'm going to kick you out or I'm done with this that like triggers that like reflection of like, yes, yeah. this is a problem and I need to change it. Like I think there well, needs think to if be sometimes some... an intervention, but you can't do it for them. But I think if you're somebody who comes to realization like, Oh, my drinking's getting a little out of hand. I need to reel back in. Then you are not a full blown alcoholic, right? Yeah, because they don't yeah, have that. Because you have, if age. you have the ability to control it, then right. it's not controlling you, no. right? Yeah, yeah. I'll never forget going to Al-Anon with my best friend, whose mother was a raging alcoholic when we were growing up, and just hearing the stories of so many women who were dealing with this with their husbands. Yeah. It was really heartbreaking. I mean, well, and then you you understand why. Prohibition happened because that was largely women's movement. Yes, it was. Yeah, and like this yeah. was their way of dealing with alcoholism. Yes, like that's what it was about. Mm-hmm. It was about like abuse of women and like you know yes. just like out of control alcoholism. Yep, yep. Jenny, but, are like, you? That's never. Are you be coming the out in favor of prohibition again? No, but like that. No, but also <laughs> like that's because that's not going to fix the problem. I know, right? Yeah. Like you have to fix the problem. You have to get. You have to fix the source of the problem. And like, maybe the source of the problem is toxic masculinity. And like, <laughs> like Amy calling like you a whiny bitch her, when you're crying at a table. And like, and like men feeling like they have to suppress all their emotions. Like and Carl's like, like fake Carl's Junior. Shut up yeah. and shut it down, buddy. So then they just they just uh, self medicate. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jenny, um, what do we have coming up next? <sighs> now next wait a minute. Season. I have to tell you something. Originally, I thought we were going to go right into the finale, the two part finale. But I think we need to do the next episode because wow. somebody wrote in our Mimi bees that not only is there a baby swap in it, but it's okay. Carolyn's last official appearance. Shut up. She doesn't. She only comes back for the movies after that. Really? hmm. Why? Because I think she and Charles move out of town. What? I, I can't even talk about it. Season nine, you guys are getting like three episodes, and we're done. Um, okay. And then we're moving on to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, ready. <laughs> Go ahead. Is that Super Mario Brothers? No, Mario no. You've okay. done this to me before. No, it's nine zero two one zero. Uh, season eight, episode twenty, "A Faraway Cry." A longtime friend of Carolyn's writes to her and asks for help. A friend. Her friend is pregnant and lives at a gold prospector's camp where there's an outbreak of influenza. Oh, Lord. Ooh, flu season, guys. Flu season. All right. If you haven't already, check out our Patreon. We're doing some fun things over there. We're covering my so called life, we're covering the dumpster fire that is Rock of Love, and we're throwing a bonus at you of Amy's Variety Hour. Oh, God. Hope you enjoy that. Listen, it's five bucks a month. You get all those goodies. That's all I'm going to say. All right, um, and if you haven't, checked out our, our Mimi B group. We have a lot of fun in our Facebook group, which I have a feeling now there will be a debate over whether chocolate cake needs to be refrigerated or not. <laughs> so I am 100% in the icy cold refrigeration of a chocolate cake can. That's ridiculous. And I, I refuse to relent. It's ridiculous. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening. We'll see you soon.